Good morning, everybody. I'm honored to be here, and I've been having a great time. I want to say something about Dan. We met in 2020, and we've become good friends. I know a lot of pastors in this country. I work with pastors. I work with them quite often, in fact. Many of the people who are part of my ministry or readers or people who are part of my network, they're pastors. And I have to say, in all candor, I am really impressed with Brother Dan. You have a treasure in him, the likes of which you may not be aware of. And I'm thankful that we're friends. We've been having a wonderful time, even though he's been keeping me up all night and I've only been getting three or four hours of sleep. But uh, he really is a blessing to me. That despite his <clears throat> unique sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> how many of you in the room, you have a Catholic background? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you in the room have a Baptist, a Baptist background? All right. And how many of you have a Pentecostal charismatic background? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, all three are represented, and I want to begin my talk by telling you a story. One day, three ministers died. They all died on the same day. And they made it. And when they met Peter at Pearly Gates, Peter said to them, congratulations, gentlemen, we welcome you. And uh, he said, but we have a little bit of a problem because we're backed up right now. So just hold steady, I'm gonna make a phone call, I'll get back to you. So Peter calls Lucifer and he says, we just checked in three, but we're backed up. Do you think you can find a comfortable place down there to hold them? It'll only be for about two or three weeks. <laughs> and Lucifer said, fine, send them down. So a week passes and Lucifer calls Peter and he's in a panic and he says, look, this is not working. You've got to get these three guys out of here now. Peter said, what's the problem? And Lucifer says, well, the Catholic priest is forgiving everybody's sins. And the Baptist pastor is getting everybody saved. But the worst problem is the Pentecostal charismatic preacher. He's raised enough money to air condition the entire place. <laughs> now, <laughs> I have a point in that. <laughs> I, owe a, I owe a debt to all denominations because I'm, a, I'm someone who's, who has had a very eclectic background. I've, I've been part of many different movements since I've been a believer, denominations, Christian camps. And the Charismatics taught me that Jesus Christ is still speaking today, and he still speaks to his children. But they did not teach me exactly how to recognize his voice. So I want to talk to you this morning about the speaking of Jesus Christ. And I just want to share a few thoughts with you. 
you can entitle this message, Hearing the Voice That Has No Words. In John 10, 26, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know who they are, and they follow me. Now, I just want to share three thoughts with you about how Jesus Christ speaks and how we hear him. And after I share the three thoughts, I'm going to give you some practical handles on actually how to navigate hearing the Lord's voice. Because if we're going to bear fruit, if we're going to be pleasing to our God, we have to know how to hear the voice of the shepherd. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus Christ is accessible, and he can be heard, and he can be known more than we know him now. So here's my first thought. Jesus is alive in the Holy Spirit, and he still speaks. Now, if you ever read John chapter 14, 15, and 16, those three chapters, particularly 14 and 16, you, you find something very interesting. Jesus is talking about the fact that he's going to be going. He's going to be taken away. And he says... It's better that I go. He's talking to his disciples. Because if I don't go, the Spirit will not come. And he says, when the Spirit comes, he's going to reveal all the things that I've been teaching you. You're really going to get it. You can understand it. The Spirit's going to show it to you. The Spirit is going to remind you of what I have taught. The Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. And the Spirit is actually also going to show you things to come. But as you read those chapters, he does something remarkable. He switches between saying the Spirit is going to come, he is going to come. He switches between that and then he says things like, and when I come to you, when I return, and he's not talking about his second coming in the future. He's talking about the fact that when the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, Jesus Christ returned to earth in the Spirit. And he is speaking. All the things he said about the Holy Spirit, he was speaking about himself. And in 1 John chapter 2, the writer says, you, he's talking to believers, followers of Christ, you have an anointing within you. And that anointing will teach you all things that you need to know. And that anointing is Jesus Christ in the Spirit. So point number one, he's still alive, saints. And his power of speech has not been removed. He still speaks. Point two, Jesus Christ often speaks through his body, through the members of his body. There is a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the opening verses. And I want you to listen to what Paul says because it's fascinating. You know that when you were still pagans, now you're followers of Jesus, but when you were pagans, you are led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So as pagans, they worshiped and they followed speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God, no one speaking right now by the Spirit of God will say anything negative about Jesus. They will claim that Jesus is Lord and the Holy Spirit is 
behind that utterance. And then he moves into the fact that there are different members of the body that have different functions and they're different gifts. And there are three big points that Paul is making in that passage. Number one, Jesus Christ is not a mute idol. He has the power of speech. Number two, he speaks through the Holy Spirit. And number three, he speaks through the Holy Spirit through the members of his body. And saints, sometimes the Lord will speak to us through members of the body, of course, through preaching and teaching and things like that, but often he will speak to us just in a casual conversation through a member of the body of Christ, and the person speaking to us will have no idea that God is using them to tell us something. I remember some years ago, I was going through a very dark period in my life. And I was just desperate. I was in despair. It looked black. It looked hopeless. And I was talking to another member of the body of Christ, a friend of mine. And he just mentioned the lyrics to this very old, archaic song that I heard when I was a young kid. And it was just in casual conversation. But those lyrics contained thunder and lightning, and I knew it was the Lord. And it brought me out of my dark night. And this brother had no idea that God was speaking through him. My point, pay attention. The Lord will speak to you through other members of his body in ways that you may not even realize. Thought number three, there are three elements that cannot be separated, and this is very important. Some have called it the threefold holy braid. And there are a few things on the planet that are stronger than a braided rope. Those three elements are Jesus, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit. They make up the holy braid. And when any of them are separated from one another, the whole rope unravels. Therefore, Jesus Christ, the Scripture, and the Spirit always, always, always belong together. You know, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is He gives us instincts. For those who have been born from above, born again, regenerated, the Spirit has come into you and He has given you instincts. And those instincts resonate with the voice of Jesus himself. There's an interesting passage in John 1.1. You probably all know it if you've read the Bible much. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Well, the Greek word for word is logos. And logos is the continuing speaking voice of God but it also has the meaning of sound. And some translators have called it, in the beginning was the sound. In the beginning was the sound. Jesus is God's sound. He's God's song. He's the eternal note. He's the everlasting song. And when the voice of God speaks to you or me, there is a vibration inside, a resonation. It will have the ring of truth. Ah, I recognize that. That sounds like the Lord. It has that reverberation within us, the resonance. 
That's the Spirit working with Jesus, the Spirit in you, Jesus speaking from the heavens. Jesus is in you by the Spirit as well. But then there's the Scripture. And Jesus Christ, sisters and brothers, will never ever lead you or guide you in a way that contradicts the Scripture. The same Spirit that inspired the Scripture is the same Spirit that has come into you and Christ is in you by the Spirit. It's never going to contradict the Scripture. And this is important because I meet Christians all the time and have for many years who simply ignored what the Bible had to say because they thought God spoke to them. I'll give you one example that's somewhat extreme, but this happens quite often. I've seen it more than once. There was a woman in our fellowship many, many years ago. She was married. And she met this minister, this traveling Bible teacher, who invited her to travel with him. So they started traveling together. He was married too. And uh, one day she announced to the whole fellowship, God has shown us, God has spoken to us, Jesus has revealed to us that he wants us to be together. And so we are to divorce our spouses and marry one another because the Lord said. Well, sisters and brothers, I don't think I have to tell you that the scriptures clearly reveal that she did not hear the voice of God. But people will often do this. They will justify their own desires, their own emotions, even if it contradicts the Lord. That's the unraveling of the holy braid. You want to find out if Jesus Christ is speaking to you, one of the things to check is, all right, is this in line with Scripture, and do I have that resonation? And I'll talk a little bit more about that. So let me give you five handles, practical handles, on how you can recognize if this is my Lord or this is another voice, okay? Handle number one, a willingness to do God's will is necessary for hearing the Lord's voice accurately, a willingness. In other words, you haven't heard his voice, but you've already positioned yourself to obey whatever he leads you to do, even if it's inconvenient, even if it's costly. A willingness, a willing heart, a surrendered heart. If that is there, sisters and brothers, you will be able to recognize him speaking. If the heart is not surrendered, He'll speak to you, you'll never recognize it. You won't hear it. Listen to Jesus in John 7. If any person will do his will, he shall know. They shall know of my teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak of myself. That's John 7, 17. If any person is willing to do my will, to do the will of the Father, he shall know. They shall know. So that's number one, a surrendered heart. Lord, whatever you show me to do, even if it's hard, <laughs> I'm going to trust you're going to give me the power and the desire to do it. I'm surrendered. I'm willing. Now you open the door to actually hear his voice. That's number one. Number two, when you're faced with a decision and you seek the Lord's mind, seek his guidance, resist the selfishness of the flesh, and act on the life and the peace. The life and the peace. Romans 8, verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. 
which is basically selfishness in all forms. When you get down to the, the nitty-gritty of the flesh, it's always going to lead you to benefit yourself at the expense of others. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Sisters and brothers, a mark of the voice of Jesus Christ, a mark of the leading of the Holy Spirit is life and peace. This is getting back to that resonation. When you have a decision before you and you've sought the Lord and you've surrendered your will to do whatever He wants you to do, it's where you have the life and the peace, the life, the energy. There's an energy about it, an excitement inwardly, and the peace, that tranquil sense, peace. Those are the marks that the Lord is leading you. Handle number three, and I have to tell you that I... <laughs> For years, I never paid attention to this. And then the Lord allowed me to go through the ringer, and boy, it was like dynamite. It was happening to me left and right, so much so that I created a journal where I was writing these things down. And what things I'm talking about is this. Pay attention to the coincidences. Pay attention to the coincidences. Someone said, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. For the follower of Jesus Christ, there really is no such thing as a coincidence. They are merely the fingerprints of God. And there's scripture for this. Job 33:14. For God speaks once, yes, twice, yet man perceives it not. God speaks once, yet twice. And the other thing is that in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And one of those witnesses is coincidence. I can sit here and speak for an hour and tell you the kinds of uncanny coincidences that have happened in my life that clearly were the fingerprints of Jesus Christ confirming how he was leading me. But I'll, I'll just give you one. <laughs> this is very recent. In July, I held a conference in Orlando, Florida. And the way I work with conferences, I never, ever tell the theme of the conference to the people who are attending. The only person that knows the theme of the conference is God himself and my wife. I never share it, not even with my close friends. Anyway, nobody knew what the theme was. That morning, it was a Thursday. We started the conference Thursday night. That morning, I get a text from someone I have not heard from in years. And he sends me a text and he says, Frank, the Lord put you on my heart, and uh, I just want you to know I'm praying for you and your ministry, and that whatever you're doing, God will bless it. He had no idea I was speaking at a conference, and I was, you know, a little bit on edge about how it was going to go. So I received that. Then, that afternoon, when I got to Orlando, my wife and I were in our hotel room, and I contacted three brothers who are close to me who are attending the conference. They were there, and I said, can you come up to the room? I'd, I'd like to pray for the conference. They had no idea what I was speaking on. I never told them. So we get into a circle. We start praying, and one of the brothers, Darwin, he says, Lord, we are children of the day. We want you to bless this conference. Sisters and brothers, the theme of the conference was we are children of the day. And I had chills. 
And when, <laughs> when they had left, I had turned to my wife, I said, did you hear what Darwin said? <laughs> she says, yes, I picked up on it. And I just said, thank you, Lord. And sisters and brothers, pay attention. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you want to hear his voice, and you want his mind and his direction, for you and me, every bush is burning. Just open your eyes and pay attention. Practical handle number four, Jesus will reveal himself to you in the most unlikely places and through the most unlikely people. If you ever read the Gospels carefully after Jesus rose again from the dead, most of the time his disciples didn't recognize him. They'd walked with him for three and a half years. They did not recognize him in his resurrected state because he came to them in ways that they did not expect. And sometimes the recognition was voice activated. It was only when he said something like Mary's name in the garden, she recognized him. Or if they saw the wounds. Remember when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus with two disciples and they had no idea who he was. He was a stranger to them. He came to them incognito, but then he sat down and broke bread. When he broke bread, his hands were visible. His wrists were visible. They saw the wounds and then their eyes were open and they recognized it was him. But he came to them in a very unrecognizable way. And in the same way, sisters and brothers, Jesus Christ will come to you in ways you don't expect through people who you would never expect, in places you would never expect. But if your eyes are open and your ears are open, you will recognize it's him. In fact, I would say this, if a person is in their flesh, Jesus Christ will come to them in ways that make it easy for them to reject him. This happened all throughout the first century. Religious leaders were in their flesh, and he was standing right there in front of them, and they did not recognize who he was. He came to them in a way that made it easy for them to reject him. But if you're in the spirit and your heart is surrendered, you'll recognize him. Just know that he will surprise you. Jesus Christ is full of surprises. He was in the first century. He is now. And I've made a statement once, and I'll say it here. If Jesus isn't surprising you, you've probably stopped growing in him. And that brings me to handle number five. When the Lord doesn't answer your prayer for direction, sometimes he's giving you a choice. He wants you to exercise wisdom. This was very true in the charismatic world when I was part of that movement. So many people were just wanting God to speak to them about everything, you know? And... <laughs> In so many cases, not all, but in so many cases, the Lord wanted them to exercise wisdom. And you know what? Jesus Christ is wisdom incarnate. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul makes the statement. Wisdom is another way in which he speaks and reveals his mind to us. But sometimes it's a different issue. Sometimes the Lord will not reveal his mind to you in a special way. And you'll be praying and you'll say, why isn't the Lord showing me what to do? Sometimes the answer is that you already know. 
deep within your heart of hearts, you already know what to do. I learned this lesson the hard way. <laughs> I remember I was going through something and I kept asking the Lord, show me your will, show me your will. And my eyes were open. I realized, you know what? I'm not going to hear anything. I'm not going to see anything. There's not going to be anything dramatic. I already know the answer. He's revealed it to me already. I didn't really want to come face to face with it, but, <laughs> but I knew. Here's my closing exhortation, and then I'm going to tell you a story. Jesus Christ is always speaking, brothers and sisters. He's not a mute, dumb idol. He has the power of speech. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the members of the body of Christ. He speaks through the Holy Spirit in you, in your heart. He will give you impressions in your mind, thoughts in your mind that will come to you even when you're not asking him to. He'll speak to you while you're doing the menial tasks if you open your heart and your mind to hear him. He'll speak to you through unlikely people in unlikely places. He'll speak to you through coincidence. But he's always speaking. The radio waves of the kingdom of God are always in the air. But we <laughs> are challenged to tune our radios to the station. Those waves could be moving, but if, if we haven't dialed into the right station, his station, we're not going to hear them. We're not going to pick them up. So here is my story, and this is where I'm going to end it. Every year there is a conference in heaven, and uh, there are only three people who attend this conference, and they all weep. The three people are Mary, mother of Jesus, the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And Mary says, as she's weeping, I brought him into the world. I gave him life. And I wanted men and women to follow him and to love him and to honor him. But they have worshipped me. And she cries. And then the Holy Spirit speaks, and he says, I hid myself because I was pointing women and men to him. I was revealing him. I was testifying to him. I was witnessing to him, but they have elevated me, and they have lost sight of him. And the Holy Spirit weeps and cries. And then the Bible speaks, and the Bible says, I exist for one reason, to point all my arrows to him, to reveal him in the Old Testament, to show him forth in the New Testament. I'm a compass. I'm a roadmap to point women and men to him. But they have made a God out of me and the Bible weeps. Sisters and brothers, the Lord Jesus Christ is the center, the supremacy. He is the sovereignty. He is the reality. He's the life. He's the way. He's the truth. He is the embodiment of all spiritual things, grace, love, peace, joy. Christ is all, and Christ is speaking. 
and he's speaking to you and he speaks all the time. So brothers and sisters, let us open our eyes, our ears, our hearts to him and we will hear him. And I'll say it again. If you're a Christian, if Christ is in you and you're in Christ, every bush is burning. Pay attention.